Consumption of alcoholic beverages has been a contentious topic in American history, dating mm. back to the colonial period. In May 1657, the General Court of Massachusetts made the sale of strong liquor, whether known by the name of rum, whiskey, wine, brandy, or etc., to the Native Americans, illegal. In general, informer social controls in the home and community helped maintain the expectation that the abuse of alcohol was unacceptable. Drunkenness was condemned and punished, but only as an abuse of a God-given gift. Drink itself was not looked upon as culpable any more than food deserved blame for the sin of gluttony. Excess was a personal indiscretion. Mm. Of course, when these informal controls failed, there were always legal options. Most notably, prohibition, enacted in the United States as a nationwide constitutional ban on the production, importation, transportation, and sale of alcoholic beverages from 1920 to 1933. Today on the show... Budweiser Brewmasters and Jim's, Jim Beam's Master Distillers created a new brew in honor of the 85th anniversary of the repeal of the heinous Prohibition Act mm. on December 5th, 1933. That's right, folks. Today on the show, we're drinking Budweiser Copper Lager. Cheers, Joseph. Cheers. Beautifully written intro, by the way. Thank you. I always, always like it when you, when you put in the time to write those <laughs> out for us. Hey, I had to pick a few different chunks of the Wikipedia article in order I to like do that. I like the chunks you picked. I hope you will continue to pick my chunks on this podcast again and again. I don't know what that means. Like your comedy chunks? Say it out you loud. You tell me. Did you drink it yet? What do you uh, think? So Joey used a bottle opener. These are these are twist off oh, are for they? those following <laughs> along at home. <laughs> when in doubt, you use a bottle opener for the No, it, ahead it works. You're right. Uh, it's, I mean, it's nice. It is nice. You taste the the kind of the the whiskey flavor. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I've uh, this winter I bought a New Holland um, Dragon's Milk. It's like bourbon barrel aged stout. It's like twelve percent alcohol or something. But mm. this kind of tastes like that. This is just over six, I think. Just six over six. Two. Okay, which is interesting because it's got such a strong flavor with Jim Beam. Uh, we you think have... they amp that up a little bit beyond the aging on the on the bourbon barrels? Do they put a little, you it's... know, flavor extract in there? You think it's possible? Uh, the the on the bottle itself it says this is a flavorful American copper lager brewed with oh, shit. Brewed with dry going bad. Two row barley, and aged on a real Jim Beam's bourbon barrel. Stav Staves. Joel Staves. 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 Think for a toasted oak aroma, a deliciously nutty taste with caramel rye and vanilla notes, and a smooth finish. So they claim they are not injecting anything. No uh, Stave. tinctures. Stave. 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 So. Bruder. A vertical wooden post or plank in a building or other structure. Wow. So that, okay, so they, they aged barrel staves. C though. is for cold cans. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, so they're claiming there's no tinctures involved whatsoever. No tinctures? Yeah. You used to have a history with tinctures. <laughs> uh, you want to get into that? I don't know if I do. <laughs> I don't know if I do. There are a lot of tinctures in this world, folks. <laughs> Be careful about them. 
Um, they should be in their own rat prohibited in this country. I used to go to Nick's apartment and he'd have all his tinctures and every, there'd be like liquids bubbling and like strange creatures floating True, behind yeah. glass and he'd be muttering incantations with his eyes rolled <laughs> in the back of his head. I'd be like, Nick, Nick, it's time of, for cold cans. Yeah, mason jars full of eyeballs and, <laughs> yeah. and uh, fetal pigs and stuff like that. Right. And he used to do these gimmick parties where, you know, you'd turn the lights off, you'd stick your hand in a bowl and then it'd be like... Oh, are these eyeballs? And then they were they were supposed to be just grapes, but it never was with Nick. Right. Everything was always legit. Right. And you wouldn't be able to even see the grapes. He wouldn't let you. So when the lights went back on, all the stuff was gone. I and said, yeah, did. yeah. There are white grapes if you've ever had those. And yeah. people who are fancy are like, oh, of course I've had white grapes. Yeah, and they're eating them. And then I said, yeah, pop one in your mouth, buddy. Sick fuck. <laughs> yeah. That was a weird time. That was when that, you first came out to Seattle. Yeah, and then I... I um had that exorcism of course that was the turning yeah. point for me um you had spun your head all the way around episode i think 32 of cold cans is when that's right. that happened 32 yes the magic number oh 33 sorry 33 yeah that's right 33 <laughs> i was going with it too uh you, you know one topic we haven't talked a lot about exorcisms <laughs> exorcisms what do you think legit i'm all in on exorcisms really no I mean, are, are they I, still doing this gets exorcisms? back to our like, oh yeah, you kidding me? Your your guy who sells all the like disaster prep food, I bet he does exorcisms. Oh, what's his name? Jim Backer. Jim Backer. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all this rice. <laughs> <laughs> I think no, we don't need to get back into that topic because it's gonna fall similarly on my thoughts on uh, astrology and religion and stuff like that that's right if they think it's happening it's happening sure in there is uh on the national catholic register.com there's a headline from 2017 that says u.s exorcists demonic activity is on the rise oh wow a look at the growing need to battle the devil wow so yes modern exorcism an alarming increase in demonic activity being reported by those who work in the exorcism ministry and the exorcist for the archdiocese of indianapolis Although oh. steps are being taken to increase the number of exorcists, demand is still outpacing supply. <laughs> okay. So it's a lucrative business. It's is a what I'm lucrative model. Backer should get into it. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually a Catholic diocese website? Is that what this you said? This is the nationalcatholicregister.com. Re- Catholic oh. I, I don't, I so don't think it has any okay. official affiliation with the, uh, with the church. Mm. And number five article... Uh, trending right now is the new, the old and new socialism of Bernie Sanders. Should Catholics support it? I'm not going to uh, click on okay. that. Okay. I mean, that's at least interesting. All right. I'll click on it. Though I, I don't want to talk politics or any more religion. You should, let's, or treat, let's treat yeah. combine it into one topic. Let's treat each episode like it's a first date, Joe. We got to avoid those <laughs> topics. No. What are you not supposed to talk about? Family, hobbies, and uh, <laughs> goals. Yeah, yeah, and goals. Only talk about politics and religion. Mm. Uh, no, we shouldn't support Bernie Sanders is the, um, the verdict. Yeah. Is the verdict. Young people in the U S lack a perspective of how lucky we are, of how vulnerable our free market system is and how quickly we can follow the path of Venezuela if we implement the wrong policies. Ah, so it's the Megan McCain argument point at Venezuela. Yes. And this is all due to the failure of the education system to teach about the history of socialism. So Ah. instead of educating your kids, take them to the national Catholic register who reported that exorcisms are on the rise, demonic activity. Uh, we went in a different direction oh than I thought yeah, this was going to go. Yeah, what the heck, man? Where did this come from? Some bit. You start doing some bit about how I d- do tinctures and eyeballs <laughs> right. and stuff. 
And then, no, I was going to change the subject and you said, let's, you said exorcisms. And then I was like, are there modern exorcisms? The subject I was going to change to. The curious to, mind can go on and on forever <laughs> yeah. into eternity. And that's really what this podcast is about. Curious, curious minds. Curious minds want to know. Yeah. It's, are exorcisms real? It, yes, they are. Well, What's exorcisms your take? are real. What's your take, Joe? About what? Is it worthwhile? Doing an Would exorcism? you consider having your child exercised? Having a snake oil salesman come into my house and mm-hmm. do a bunch of- And put down wood flooring. No, I don't think that that's a effective use of religion. I think religion huh. is should be a system of beliefs, maybe a moral backbone to your life, mm-hmm. uh, potentially the yearning of knowledge for something more beyond this physical plane, mm. uh, but it should not be paying somebody to come into your house and- expel a demon out of somebody's body what if the demon real or imagined is uh, an impediment to their moral system or their sort of peace of mind then what um i think that's a a red herring uh red herring is that the right word i think they're they're Eh, trying to it could be i don't think no red herring is like a decoy they're attributing something else some other moral impediment in their life I'm not going to get into Jungian or uh, uh, Freudian psychology, but Please there do. may be some other things going on in their life that they're just taking the easy road out saying, well, it's a demon. That's my take on it. Of course. Yeah. I'm not I'm not anti-religion by any stretch of the imagination. Nor am I. I am anti-hiring uh, an exorcist to come to your house. Okay. I'll go out on a limb and say that. <laughs> wow. Bold stance. Uh, so what else? You, uh, well, we were just... I, s- go, go ahead. ahead. You fucking go ahead. I was just talking you about your ski trips. Manufacture. Oh, no, ski trips. I wasn't doing a weird thing. I want to talk about you. Skiing's I want to talk about me. I want to talk about I. I want to talk about my, number my. one of my, me, my. What I drink. I shit, man. Fuck What I drink. Hey, how's that Budweiser copper locker going down, Joe? Well, this is a topic I wanted to get at. We haven't talked a lot on this show about hard liquor. Mm. <laughs> Maybe for good reason. No, you're right. And- Jim Beam. What exactly is Jim Beam? It's bourbon, it's right? Bourbon whiskey. Bourbon yeah. whiskey. Um, do you do you still drink hard liquor in any capacity? I know you don't very often. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you do, what what is your mm. what's your like mixer? I always struggle Great to pick question. a mixer. Sure. Like I'm at a bar. If I'm not getting a beer, I'm like I don't know which one to fucking pick. Sure. What drink. So when I was coming of age, but a young nubile boy, oh boy. I would. Drink whiskey waters is what I would get at the bar most often. Because I didn't like soda. Okay. Was the main reason. Um, Good Lord. Yeah, it was disgusting. Because, of course, it's rail whiskey during those times. Yeah. Um, If he was feeling really trashy, I'd go vodka water. Oh, boy. That's real bad. That Madison tap water along with some Fleischmann's. Rail vodka and tap water. Yeah. So I I can't No ice, please, I say. (laughs) Came to the wrong person. Hey, hold that ice. Nowadays, I you're right, I don't drink liquor that often. Now that you're rolling in the dough. <laughs> yes, I distill my own mm-hmm. on my estate. Um, <laughs> no, I will occasionally do a nice gin and tonic like before a dinner or something like that. Oh, okay. Or, you know, out on a patio in the heat, that yeah. summer heat. That makes sense. I like that. Um, summer heat is a good time, like an inviting time for cocktails um like a, a nice like a like a mojito or something like that i usually yes, stay away from, from rum but um but gin is a good refreshing drink i like a gin and tonic some like mint with gin is good and sure uh, 
But I, I normally, I don't get any hard alcohol. Right. You're a big anti-hard A guy. You're said, I'm going to keep to beer. I, I keep to beer. I try to avoid like a lot of cheap wine because I get too hungover. Hard alcohol makes me hungover. I hate how it feels. The only way I can clear hangover is is to hire an exorcist to come to my house <laughs> and expel the demons. Well, you got from one. Got to have one on retainer, like I do. <laughs> yeah. He'll be there within the hour. Yeah, he actually lives upstairs. Yeah. So uh, I avoid it at all costs. Uh, sure. Beer doesn't really ever make me feel bad unless right. I go really hog because of the volume it. thing, right? Yeah. You're exactly. like it's so much volume to go in to get the same amount of alcohol as you would. Compared to a liquor. Yeah. And I don't want to get over drunk. Right. I, that's never my goal. I like, if I'm out buzzing with friends, I want to be buzzing. And I just typically, like with a hard alcohol mixed drink, I will drink it at the same pace right. that I drink beer. That's part of the issue for sure. Yeah. And, and I think too, it becomes an issue when you, when you do cut out liquor and then if you ever try to drink it again, you're going to have much lower tolerance than if you were used to drinking, you know, three or four mixed drinks yep. in an evening. Now you go, you know, years without really drinking them, and then you have two, and you're like shit house, a little woozy. Yeah, yeah. It's got to really be a special occasion, or or like it's a dinner where I'm not really going to drink much that night anyway. Sure. Sometimes pre dinner, then I'll be like, oh, I'll have a cocktail tonight because I'm not gonna. It's not a Saturday night. I'm not gonna turn it on, regardless. So, sure. Yeah, I stay away from the stuff, and that's kind of why to get back to this beer, this kind of uh, hybrid concoction uh, doesn't really quite working for me to be honest with you okay i don't like the taste of whiskey in it like it it it's such a hint of whiskey it's kind of like a Lacroix of whiskey <laughs> that it's kind of tastes well, like when you burp when you're hungover the day after sure and, you, and a little whiskey comes up and you want to die that's the flavor that they added to this beer. yeah i think it's predominantly the oak of like a bourbon um, barrel more than anything, even more oh. than like a liquor taste to me. It's like the oak, which I don't really like. Yeah. I don't so either. this is, yeah, it's a nice, it's a decent sipper, I guess, but it's not something like that dragon's milk thing I mentioned was, it's just so velvety smooth and it's, yeah. um, of course a sipper because it is 12% alcohol, I think. Right. Um, but that one I prefer much to this one though. It is like, it was like $17 for a four pack. So it's also pretty pricey. Oh, yeah. I don't remember what the price is on this one, but it was certainly sold at a premium, even though it is Budweiser. How big of a pack did here. you buy of this? You said you got it at some... Um, I believe I got a four-pack. Like, they came in a little, okay, gotcha. little square four-pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I just chilled a couple of them before I came down here. It seemed like a good one to... A good choice, because I've seen this on the shelves, and if anybody, for some fucking reason, is listening to this podcast to figure out which beers to try, mm-hmm. you know, if I were listening to it like that, I'd want to hear somebody's take on drinking it before I picked it off the shelf. Hey, you're a man of the people. You're looking out for the nation. I'm a man of the people. The 1%, get out of here. The 1% of the 1%. That's pretty good. Uh, but if you're Catholic, don't vote for me. I'm only a man of the people. Just, Did you learn the never, lessons from Venezuela? He never said that. Um, though we're not going to get into it, of course. Of course This not. is a non-political podcast. Of course. Um, what was I going to say? Uh. Did you vote for Bernie or Biden? <laughs> uh, our ballots are not due yet, Joe. I'm letting the chips fall. Wow. That's not true. I already sealed it. You sealed I it? just haven't mailed it. Signed, sealed, but not Now, delivered. that's one thing we could talk about is the ability to mail in your ballot 
in Washington. And I'm not talking you're going to mail it in as you're not going to pay attention and do your homework and research on which candidates are best for your way of life and point of view on the world. Now, I'm talking about... That's well said, Dick. You can put it into an envelope and send it in. Now I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't either. Shock, jock, uh, jockey? That I think so. Bernie yeah, not even... Right, right. It's not even Rush Limbaugh. It's just shock, jock. <laughs> uh, yeah, we can fill out our ballot. We, it gets mailed to us. We send yeah. it out postage-free or there are drop-off spots around town. Yep. Obviously, the best thing for voter turnout, if that was actually the goal nationwide, this would be much more prevalent. Of course. Is. But the voter fraud, Nick... There'd be such rampant right. voter fraud. Right. I personally, I voted for Bernie 175 times. Yeah, you <laughs> go around your neighborhood. And steal day, all their ballots. Day ballots are mailed out. Well, I go to the photocopy machine. I copy all the ballots. Oh, wow. And I'll send it all in. <laughs> that doesn't even seem like the best way to uh, <laughs> do fraudulent voting. What that seems like way? a lot of footwork. How would you do fraudulent voting? Oh, man. <laughs> How would I do it? Um, I wait for the app to come out, and then I'm a good hacker, so hack I hack the app. the app. I hope to God no app comes out anytime soon for voting. We're like 25 years away from technology being... As a guy who works in technology, I can tell you how fucked technology is. Mm. We're way far away before trusting our democracy to uh, a consumer-facing app. It would have to go through such rigid, right. strict... So it shouldn't be made by a private company funded by one of the candidates? Probably not. What? No. Are you are you a rat Pete guy? <laughs> you like Pete? I have I don't have to have an opinion on Pete anymore. I think Pete's fine. Yeah, you do. He's endorsed Joe Biden. He did. So if you think he's VP or Klobuchar? Who? Neither. Oh really? Who's gonna be? Why is Joe gonna pick Tulsi? Pete Buttigieg. Because uh, he well, Klobuchar gave him Minnesota, um, by some accounts. Yeah, they're in the cabinet if they want to be. I don't know if Pete is. He's only ever been the mayor of a city. That's what I'm saying. I don't think it's Pete. I think it's Amy. Amy? Tulsi is actually an interesting pick. Pick a Republican and put her, put her in there. <laughs> right. <laughs> that would be, yeah. This is like Sarah Palin all over again. Who do you put think I'm going to Republican governor in there. I'll tell you what. I'm not picking anybody from the 1%. I pick somebody from the people. Is it, That's interesting, too. Yeah, who would Bernie pick? I can't. I, the, the establishment fucked me. Absolutely fucked me. Of course they did. Yeah. So then, who, who would he pick? Who's I don't he gonna know? Pick? Tom Steyer. Tom. Steyer. Give me Tommy, baby. Andrew Yang, Yang, Yang. Oh yeah, I heard he I might run for mayor of New York. <laughs> Do you hear that? No, that's cool. I didn't even know he lived in New York. I just thought he was like a Silicon Valley guy because I, I think that's how that he made too. his money, right? It was in tech. I don't know actually. To be I honest. guess I'm not sure either. Uh, but we are very informed. Well, very informed. Who did you vote for? Yeah, Bernie. And yeah, mm-hmm. fuck it, I can say it out loud. Uh, I just think the message resonates with people. I think he'll dial back on the socialist rhetoric, not necessarily his policies, but the way he describes his policies when he's in the general. And I think the, the, the difference between this and 2016, I've been pessimistic about the 2020 election for years now. Mm-hmm. I always said Trump's going right. to get reelected. But now that I'm th- kind of in the zeitgeist, I think that in 2016... The threat of Trump wasn't a big deal to most people. We just mm-hmm. all assumed there's no way he gets elected. Right. So the voter turnout was low. We didn't care. And we were more free to be like, you know what? Hillary Clinton's not perfect either, but she's going to be the president. So let's talk about her imperfections. I think now it's no longer the threat of Trump. There's the reality of Trump, which will change the rhetoric a little bit. So it's going to be like whoever, whether it's Bernie or Biden, I do think people will rally around him. I don't think the never 
never Bernie or never Biden crowd will will actually amount to much. Maybe some circles of Twitter, but for the most part, most of the country I will know, come that's, out. Yeah. Twitter. That's the weird thing about being on Twitter. It's such a small percentage of the population, but when you're on there, it does seem like, oh, that has 10,000 retweets. That's mm-hmm. like gospel. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean a thing. No, there's plenty of people not on Twitter that are going to decide this election. Right. And I do think most people will rally around the candidate, so I'm very optimistic. And so then I decided, well, if either candidate will will be benefited from that, who, which, which of these two would I want to put in office? Right. Which one reflects a worldview that I would want to live in? Yeah, mine's Burn Dog. It would yeah. have been Elizabeth Warren, but she's just kind of fell out of being competitive mm. after Super Tuesday. Right. What are we doing? I thought we were going to avoid talking politics. You uh, you pushed us down this road. This, If listeners go back, that's probably the third time you'd brought up politics, and then we finally dived into it. 1% of listeners <laughs> would go back and listen. So uh, less than one person. <laughs> uh, well, much less. Somebody's toe. Or no, I guess it'd be much more than one person, or much more than one person, right? No, yeah, much much less. Much less. Well, we have like, what, 30,000 listeners per episode? It's 300,000, yeah. 300,000, okay. So, yeah, we'll have a few hundred people that are interested. Um, um, yeah, sorry, I'm, but bourbon mash is mush in my mind. 1% of the 300,000 Cold Carol's listeners mm. need to understand this very clearly. I don't like the bourbon mash. I don't like it one bit. Uh, let's do the parable or terrible. Yeah, you brought something. So, Cheetos puffs are a pretty popular thing, I think. I like them. Um, you know, the little nugget, not nugget, but like tube-looking things, the puffs. Yeah, I know what it looks like. Yeah. I think our listeners know what cheese puffs look like. But only after my description of it would they know. (laughs) The little nugget tube-like things. Puffs, yeah. (laughs) So, Sun Chips came out with the competitor. Wow. And they're basically the size of a, a little smaller than a Sun Chip square, but they're puffed. Puffed and version. now these are 100% whole grain, four cheese. Uh, Joey, can you guess what the four cheeses are? Cheddar, Parmesan, no? No. First one's right, second one's wrong. Cheddar? Yes. Um, what would they put on? Mozzarella? Yes. Oh, what? I mean, it's not like it's a stringy thing. It's okay, just like okay. shredded up. Pecorino? No. Cheddar, white cheddar? No. Mozzarella. What? What's easy? What's an easy cheese they could have used? What color are the la- remainder of two cheeses? Uh, I think they both be white. Hmm. Gouda? Gouda's one. That's a Gouda Gouda. And Good one, dude. Will I get the last one? Uh, you would know what it is. It's two words. Uh, tell me. Monterey Jack. Monterey Jack. That's a good That's a good choice. These are all very basic cheeses, though. Yes, they Why are. Why wouldn't they use Parmesan? Well, I would say Gouda is a pretty flavorful thing. Okay. Um, that's like kind of the star there. The other ones, I think, are just filler, mostly. Like cheddar and mozzarella, like dried up and put on this, that's not going to add much flavor. No. But I have a take on these, and I wonder what you think about their taste on their own, because I don't know if they'll necessarily, necessarily pair well with a beer that neither of us likes. They're good on their own. They don't really taste like Sun Chips at all to me. Um, no, they don't. They're so cheesy. Right. I'd be curious to get like a, like the actual Sun Chips flavor. <laughs> Nick just flung the mic around the table into our other mic. I, I'd i be curious to get like a, what is it, like Garden garden Salsa or whatever the hell the one yeah. kind of Sun Chip is. I'd rather, I'd like to get that flavor. This to me tastes kind of like a Cheeto cheese puff because it's so cheesy. Yeah, it does. I think that's what they're trying to emulate too. I don't know that it's supposed to be an approximation of a sun chip, 
But I think they're better than Cheetos Puffs because Cheeto Puffs have that like super sharp chemical cheese flavor. Yeah. Well, this tastes a little more like light and uh, dare I say natural. It does. It it they taste like real cheese. Yeah. Is, is it real cheese? You said it was, right? Yeah. There's real cheese in there, Joe. Wow. Every last drop is real cheese. We got a whole cornmeal, vegetable oil, whole buckwheat flour, uh, sugar, buttermilk, salt, natural flavors, onion powder, garlic powder, sour cream, Monterey Jack cheese. Cheese cultures, Gouda cheese. Uh, yeah, so there's actual cheese and actual butter. Wow. What remaining listeners we had are now gone. <laughs> <laughs> no, the people are fascinated by the novelty snacks that get pumped out uh, many, every week. Do you think people are aware of novelty snacks? Uh, like, are we raising to awareness a level? Of this? Oh, through the Parable or Terrible segment? Yeah, amongst the people who buy snacks. If they actually try them out? Yeah. Do you think our listeners mm, are trying out any question. of these snacks? No. What what's your go to snack? You go to the grocery store, you get all your stuff, get your eggs. Are we your... ranking things again? No. I'm asking. My go to snack. You get like the you know, you're gonna make a few recipes, you get your ingredients, you get all your basics, sure. your, your milk and your shit that you need, right? Sure. And your eggs. Which have you rated the lentils of your local grocery store yet, given the coronavirus scare? Uh, no. We're all gonna be housebound for several months. Coronavirus is in lentils? No, you have to, you oh, got to buy, buy lentils, lentils now. because they're shelf stable. Hey, one interesting thing. Sure. I tried to buy groceries. For the first time on this podcast. One interesting thing. We didn't have a lot of time this week, so we tried to get groceries on Amazon Prime. Oh, okay. free Amazon if you're a Prime, Prime, yeah. Prime member. Yeah. Uh, so we did it this time. Sold, no delivery windows. <laughs> oh, really? People are making a run because they don't want to go to totally. grocery stores. They're scared yeah. of the coronavirus. All the hand sanitizer in every place in in Capitol Hill that I checked is gone. I think that's true of all of Seattle. Yeah. And then you go on Amazon or Walmart.com, it's all sold out, all out of stock, what? hand sanitizer. Is that why you have your homebrew hand sanitizer? I got my hand homebrew. Yeah, I'll always have a homebrew bottle on Nick me, Nick sprayed me with this stuff. It stinks. It's rancid. <laughs> Though it smells like there was an attempt to put pineapple juice in it, if you if you get what I'm saying. Oh, come um, on. <laughs> you're right. It turned out a little rancid. Sometimes you can't fix uh, what nature intended. But uh, yeah, there's no hand sanitizer anywhere. Everyone is uh, safe freaking to say out. people are freaking out a little bit. And in Seattle, out? it's like the, you know, sort of the epicenter of it all in the States anyway. Well, it's I'm Kirkland. not freaking out. It's Kirkland. It's a different city, but yes. And the headlines There have been people Seattle. in Seattle. And yeah, they're moving the, people to Seattle hospitals, I think, is also why it's becoming a thing. Sure. But if you don't talk about the epicenter, that is Kirkland, not Seattle. There are some people in Seattle with it, but there are some people in a shitload of cities with it. The one where right. everybody's dying is that one nursing home which is awful it's an awful thing it's really horrifying. is the nursing home that was the one in renton or that's in kirkland that's in kirkland okay the, and then they the, shut the schools down in renton yeah i think is what it was at the time of this recording i think nine people had passed away and most of them are related to or actually were residents of that the one nursing, nursing home, home which is yeah again it's a heartbreaking thing it's so awful for sure uh how about you are you are you getting worried about the coronavirus you selling off your socks and <laughs> um, are we going to delay cold cans IPOing? I think we might have to delay the IPO a little bit. Uh, <laughs> though the Fed dis- did just drop the interest rate, um, so that's good for us. That's we're gonna, good for us. Yeah, we're going to make bongo dollars. Yeah, I hope we make bongo dollars. Uh, we're looking for a buyer. I personally think it's an awful disease that we don't quite understand and has a horrible death rate. And if you are elderly or immunocompromised, uh, it's very frightening. But I think the general public panicking and like our Costco 
shelves here in Seattle are completely empty of like mm -hmm. toilet paper and stuff. Yeah. People are hoarding stuff for it's sure. It's causing much more harm than good. Um, of course it is. And that's a bummer. And the idea that they would shut down grocery stores, which in theory is why you would need to uh, hoard stuff. And I guess if you didn't want to go into those spaces, but it's more so if like our food supply was shut off, they would never do that. Uh, that right. would damage infinitely more people than the coronavirus. Right. And people want an excuse to freak out though, I think. Yeah. I think people, it's interesting. It, their lives are a little right. more interesting. It's a little so let's spice. Go freak out. Yeah. I'm going to fill up, I'm going to have so many gallons of gas laying around in my basement. <laughs> I get drunk and go down there and flip my cigarette. The whole thing goes off. Top goes off. Uh, the only thing I'm hoarding are these Budweiser copper lagers back at home. Yeah, you your first stop was the liquor <laughs> multi-store, yeah. Yes. Uh, and uh, <laughs> you made out like a bandit. I had six shopping carts daisy-chained together at Total Wines <laughs> <laughs> with Natter Days. And you're like, yeah, this is the best hand sanitizer out there, folks, and you're just <laughs> dumping it down your body. I think maybe the, the Budweiser copper lager would be a decent hand sanitizer. Well, there's it's some supposed to be 60% alcohol for it to be effective or something like that. 66 So six wouldn't be, wouldn't be good <laughs> enough. Uh, there's tinctures in here though. I can tell you that much right now. Enough with the tinctures. Where did that even come from? It <laughs> you doesn't said say. It. No, I didn't. You said, I think there's a little bit extra in here. Tinctures. <laughs> and then you said tinctures. Yeah. I said a little uh, extract, bourbon extract. Tinctures. That's what you were saying. Uh, are you, you're almost finished with this. What do you think about the bottom of the barrel? so to speak. <laughs> Always where the best stuff is, the bottom of the barrel. Uh, I mean, it's fine. The I think, I don't think it's parable, unfortunately. I do I love the so sun either. puffs, but I, I'm going to throw that away. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Not parable at all. Um, so the bottom, you just finished yours. How was it? I have one more drink left, which I'm oh. like hesitant to take. Uh, I genuinely don't really like this. Yeah. I, and, and I'm not, Sure, I, I don't want to leap us right into the rankings, but I'm not. I think we should. Well, I'm not entirely sure that this belongs in the rankings. So this is a alternative, right? This would be a alternative. Not a new opportunity. This is a alternative of fame. Yeah, I would. I would say if I had to give a take. Well, let's not give a take yet. Do we have a beer advocate for this? Thanks for asking, Joe. Um, I've been sitting on this segment all day. Uh, we've got. I'll, I'll start with a, a ranking from Beer Danza. Okay, Beer Danza. Tony's Hold me closer, yeah. uh, He says, so I'm like a bourbon barrel-aged lager? I had to try it. I felt kind of dirty buying Budweiser. It's my go-to beer to hate. Oh, anyway. My go-to beer to hate. <laughs> Fuck you, Tony Danza. <laughs> anyway, poured it into a beer mug. The color's very attractive. A beautiful, clear copper red. This ain't Bud Light, folks. Smells not very complex, just some malty sweetness with the slightest hint of bourbon. I would agree with that. Yeah. But it's very nice. Taste follows smell, very sweet and malty, but not corny. A very slight bourbon bite, but not much. Some metallic taste lingers, which I don't find offensive. Mouthfeel is thin, but not watery. Fuck off forever. Everybody Overall, he's glad he tried it. Fuck off. Oh, and he actually compared it to... Oh, yeah. He says, perhaps a first step in training to have your first New Holland Dragon's Milk, which is the one I oh, referenced really? earlier. Yeah. You're turning into Beer Danza. I'm Beer Danza. Maybe I'm a long-lost cousin of Beer Danza. I think that the telling line in that whole thing was- Beer Danza? No, my go-to beer to hate is Budweiser. Sure. That's That shows exactly what type of person this is. He's got a little spunk to him. He's I got love a little to personality. Troll. I love to hate. I love to make, to spend my time making people <laughs> miserable. 
I don't know if that's what they're going for, but okay. Isn't it? He, to he hold she, themselves to sorry, a higher they, standard than everyone else? They give it a 2.91 out of 5. It's all that, and then they gave it like a shit review? Maybe Fuck the, them. Maybe it's more fair what they're... You're right. They did say almost all good things. Overall, though, the beer has an 80 or good. I guarantee that Beer Danza he doesn't have any genuine opinions of his or her own and they go to fucking Twitter or Reddit or whatever to figure out what beers they're supposed to like. I Why? guarantee it. <laughs> Why do you think that? Because of From the that sentence. One, totally. Budweiser is my go-to beer to hate. They're trying to have a little personality. They suck. That line sucked and Beer Danza sucks. <laughs> beer Danza sound off. Beer Danza sounds like it's, he's Mayor Pete. That's who this is. Mayor oh, Pete boy. Left that room, You dude. loved Mayor Pete early on. I was a rap boy for a while. <laughs> but then I evolved. Uh, when do we decide which candidate's appearances we can make fun of and which we can't? What do you mean? You're calling him a rat boy. <laughs> That's true, I am. Uh, we can decide whatever we want. Okay. Should Cold Cans come out and officially endorse a candidate? <laughs> you can get those like official endorsement images online. Oh, yeah. For our... Uh... We could do it on Instagram or something. Who right. would be our official one? Who's pro beer? It's got to be Biden, right? Yeah. Most pro beer. I wonder what Bernie drinks. Yeah, probably nothing these days, right? Sure. Those two, both those guys should not be drinking alcohol. No, it feels like they both strike me as beer guys. Trump doesn't touch alcohol. Do you know that? He's right. Like, hasn't never for, drinks. Hasn't for years. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, <laughs> that is a great anecdote. <laughs> um... So, I mean, most older people should not be drinking alcohol. It's probably their doctors telling them yeah. to not drink alcohol. Yeah, I agree. Would so, you ever give up alcohol if your doctor told you not to? Told me not to give it up? Sorry, told you not <laughs> to drink it. Take that free reign to go forever. I mean, I'd like to say yes, but I don't know. I like beer a lot. I mean, I've done yeah. a podcast here in 104 you episodes still like beer. It. I still like beer. Yeah, I know what kind of beers our Supreme Court justices like. <laughs> squib, oh and, squib and squeeze. <laughs> I'm sort of jealous. I don't have any like weird, I guess we have some weird uh, like high school friends with weird nicknames. Like but who? like it's funny when those stories come out and like, like and nine same toes? with like Mike Mitchell. Yeah. Nine Toes and Soda Pop. Right. Soda Pop. Uh Dirty, I guess. Dirty? Yeah, we got plenty of them. I guess we got, yeah. So when you're being like inducted into the Supreme Court, (laughs) I I still like beer. Yeah. I was going down to visit Nine Toes. (laughs) (laughs) I just love, yeah, love the idea of these childhood names coming out in these giant stories with huge implications. And and Nine Toes. Me, Squib, Barney, and (laughs) Glowbox. I love that too. (laughs) Because they're going through his, like, diary. Uh-huh. So he has to formally still call him Squib. <laughs> <laughs> and presumably Squib is, like, a well-adjusted middle-aged man. Sure, it's yeah. It's just, like, uh, he's a manager at a manufacturing plant, and, and now he sees himself on TV. Ah, <laughs> uh, boy. Okay, let's let's get to this ranking. So this is an alternative, as we've established. Yeah. This so means- that would mean, yeah. This means that we would pick a tier that it belongs in and right. then decide if it's worthy of being in. Because this isn't, like, obviously it's better than our lower tiers. Mm-hmm. Like, it's better than a lot of the deplorable beers or certainly the Russian radioactives. Mm. But it feels like the territory this beer should be in, as I s- scroll through. Um, I'm going through the mild Deplor? cards. 
I don't know. To me, this full of deplorables. Uh, to me, this would fill in the wild card tier. Do you remember the 2016 election, Joe? The basketful of deplorables. Basketful? Isn't that what she said? I don't think so. I think I thought she just called them deplorables. No. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was a whole basketful. Let me look it up. All right, you can basket look it up. of deplorables. So the wild card tier feels because there's like overcast espresso stout is in there. There's some complex beers in there. Um, Night Swim Porter. Great Lakes Christmas Ale, stuff like that. And I would be hesitant to, if like we were ranking this and it had to go in the rankings, I would be hesitant to put it any higher than that. So I would I would have landed this in the wild card somewhere. Say it again. Oh, wild cards? Yeah. I, I, oh, that's, wow. That's 28 through 44. It feels really? Like the, it feels like the quality of beer is similar to Night Swim Porter, to, no. to uh, Overcast Espresso Stout, um, things like that. I don't like it though. So here's my take. This is this is I thought what the point of our system was. We put it in a tier that we believe it belongs in, and then decide whether it actually should go in that tier or go straight, be exercised straight to the graveyard. Right. I don't agree that it would be in wild card. Where, I mean, it, where would you have put it? I was in deplorables. Oh really? And I still don't think it would be ranked. Well, you would have put it ahead of. It's what? at the bottom of the basket. You would have put it in the Russian radioactives. You no, I said deplorables. Mind. Oh, you did. You said I thought you said it still wouldn't be in that. No, I was. Yeah, I you, get what you're saying. So, so okay, uh, yeah, fine. I, uh, yeah. Either way, my answer is going to be the same. So, yes, deplorables is where it should be. You're right. We're arguing over. We're picking nits, Joe. I don't want to pick are we any more nits. nits. That's the get that's, your hands away from me. That's for the establishment. That's force us to think like this. We need to break. Free. He's right, though. I'm so sick of this. People, I think people who get upset about what he's saying are like, oh yeah, that's right. I like being the establishment. I forgot. Yeah. Most of this benefits me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my taxes are better this year than they were last year, which is certainly true. <laughs> oh yeah. I forgot. So, that's right. And so, yeah, I, I like that stuff, even though all the, the ideology behind what he's saying, I think everybody would agree with. Uh, maybe not. Good Lord. I wouldn't say that. I don't think everyone agrees with it uh, by any means. Well, I, no, okay. I, I think I know the, that. And what's the biggest, like, uh, thing going against him now they're like he won't work with anybody that's what everybody's yeah, saying he won't know. get anything he's abrasive done or something. because he's just ideologies and not uh joe biden will put the the boots on the ground sure and reach <laughs> across the aisle and reach across the aisle and and tug and pull until he gets something done <laughs> i don't think there's any like i haven't heard any great evidence that that's true that bernie can't do anything with other people i, I agree with that and uh, I think people just get upset with his, his supporters on Twitter. That's it. Yeah. And, and then they extend that to him, which we, isn't fair. And because the Twitter world does not extend to the general voting public, I don't think that's a huge idea if Bernie's the nominee and, and reaches a general election. Right. The only thing that could dethrone him is like the Trump spinning him as a socialist, and that makes everybody afraid because they don't understand. Oh, yeah. The, I think those are valid between, fears. Well, there's a difference between democratic socialism and communism. And he's not advocating for the latter. He's advocating right. for an elected system that implements the, for the richest country in the world, uh, right? Safety nets and a, a logical system for healthcare, which I would agree with. Mm -hmm. It's got very deep. I don't know why I, I did that again. Well, I felt strongly, but you know, I feel as strongly about this, yeah, as as I feel about this beer, wow. the Budweiser Copper Lager, not making these rankings. I do too. It's trash. I wish you wouldn't have brought it in. I wish we wouldn't have recorded today. I'm wow. tired of talking about my history with tinctures, <laughs> and I will have no further comment from this point on. Thank you. I th what I would like, 
so now that Nick has dropped out, he's just left the room. His, uh, his, he, he left the room in a huff. His pants split down the middle. It was embarrassing. <laughs> uh, but what I would like to do is, um, call in Brody Ovac, my, um, my personal exorcist. I've been working with Brody to perform exorcisms on me for years now. And I'd like to figure out a way to exercise the demons that Budweiser Copper Lager has placed inside my body. Brody, thanks for joining us again. Brother Joey, <laughs> thank you. I don't think that was the same voice thank you. as you had the last time. Did you go through some sort of transformation? Last time, I later discovered I had a demon within, within me. Oh, self-exorcism? That was speaking on my behalf. This is the real me now. Oh, wow. Is that why you, when your eyes exorcised by right my eyes rolled back as i was overtaken by the demon last time when you were practicing I, zen uh, now a self exorcism is very similar to a self heimlich maneuver okay you well, just how do have you do to it? find the a chair Physically. preferably a bar stool with a back on it so okay. it's high enough for a man of my stature okay how tall was i you sound six, a lot six. like nick who just left my friend i don't believe you've ever met nick because your eyes were rolled in the back of your head the last time that no, you were here no no but i did listen back to that episode and yeah. uh, it was nice to hear you guys come together as one and recognize that really we're all one in this world under the watchful eye of Mr. Bernard Sanders. We're all people. It's a band of the people. We're here to reunite, but nonetheless, start a revolution. So now I broke my ribs as I self-exercised over the back of the bar stool. Yeah. You were, you're like 6'6", six, six, I believe. Yeah. I'm 6'6". Six, six. I have massive bar stools with backs on them in my penthouse. <laughs> yeah. In Tokyo. Uh-huh. In Tokyo. And I also just bought this building that the studio's in, by the way. Oh! I came down from the elevator up top. Well, thank you, boss. I'll click my heels together, give you a salute on the way out. Uh, you don't do that here. Oh, that's cool. That's chill. Am I going to have to recharge scooters? Is that what we were doing? Recharging scooters the last time you were Or was that the demon? That, that was, was the that was the capitalist demon inside of me. Now that the, <laughs> the gospel of Mr. Bernie Sanders has overtaken me, I, I, don't, I don't do that anymore. Brody, it's great to hear what you're talking about. What I'd encourage you to do is canvas tomorrow night in Bellevue. At 9 p.m., you can be out there in the Seattle Central College. Uh, did I say Bellevue? Seattle Central College canvassing for me. Uh, thank you, Bernie. Get away. Um, oh it was I, cool to see him here. It was. It was. And He's was really gone. a personal savior to me. Um, in reality, I think, I yeah, Brody... Just to be frank with you, I like you about as much as I liked Budweiser uh, Copper Lager, and I don't want it around anymore. And why did you invite me in the studio? You were walking friend. around. I think you had just bought the building. We saw you out there. Uh, and Nick also said he would say nothing more on the matter and went on and off. Okay. Did you see that he split his pants when he was on his way out? I did. It's kind of funny. I did, and I said, brother, please take my pants. That explains I'm, what, yes. yeah. yeah. That, that's part of why I'm I felt uncomfortable. You uncomfortable. Yeah, it's part of it. Oh, I'm sorry, brother. It also make me uncomfortable. I felt perfectly comfortable in this for since 1984 when I was canvassing in Vermont. Um, okay, so what did we do? We expelled it from the rankings. We exercised. Should we call that? Brody, I, I know you don't really have much of a stake, but now that sure. Nick left, I'd like you to make sure. a call. Should we call this exorcisms? Like when they don't even make it into the rankings? Because we have a graveyard for people who, beers that made it into the rankings mm. and are now gone. Mm. May they rest in peace, Did brother. we? Did we get possessed any one of these beers that we drank and then said, no, we don't want? Were we possessed by a demon and then exercised of that demon? You know, what I really like to see with these rankings as an outside observer is to see them become more complicated. <laughs> so I would love to see you 
create another section on the website for zombie exorcist exercised beers. That sounds I, like a great idea. I'm also a big proponent of complicated policies. <laughs> and websites that don't work. Um, the Affordable Care Act, much heard of it? You sound just like my friend. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm done here too then. I think we've reached our zenith. I think we've uh, made the points that we needed to make. Uh, Bernie, you have anything to say on the way out? I have one thing left to say. And that's that the, the beer tier system is a fluid system available for everybody to consume. The tiers themselves are fluid. They may move in and out and grow and shrink over time. I agreed with Joey on that point. And the top 1% of the top 1% of the 103 beers analyzed in this podcast need to be re-examined and the bottom beers need to come up because there's another one to come up. There's a far back up. There's a far back up. There's a far back up.